walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I am your host. The hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How's everybody doing today? How's everybody's week going? It's a real cheery. <laughs> I forget that it's not super obvious that I'm Asian. So whenever I say, oh, it's a real cheery, people are like, it's very anti. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's uh, health is good. Hope everybody's finances are in order. Hope everybody's their NDA side. Hope everybody's doing good. And uh, look, today's state of wrestling. Look, you got a lot going on. We got WrestleMania on the horizon. We got the main event scene over there is in flux a little bit. A lot of people not too happy with old DJ showing up and where's Cody Rhodes going and and then you got like all the free agents floating around. There's bidding wars going on. You got promoters in Japan getting fired. You got AEW's attendance is dwindling. And then the, the Vince McMahon stuff. I mean, gee willikers. It's just it's a stressful time to be a wrestling fan. And that's why I'm here, folks. Because you, you can get away from all this current nonsense. All this 2024 Malarkey is what I say to all that. Come with me. Get under the blanket that is the apron bump. Let's 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 all cuddle underneath of it and go back in time. Go back to a simpler time uh, when Vince McMahon was doing all these things on screen instead of all the screen. Vengeance 2003 is upon us, folks. Uh, SmackDown's first ever brand exclusive pay-per-view. And who daddy? Who daddy? Now, I've, I've said it a few times on this podcast and on other podcasts that I've appeared on as well. This show, Vengeance 03, is probably top three or top five favorite wrestling shows for me of all time. Um, I often talk on here about in terms of wrestling that I like, I like to sit down and watch a wrestling show and for it to be a variety show. I like to have some good technical wrestling. I want some car crash stuff. I want the soap opera, men, women, tag teams, hardcore, 
give it to me all on a, on a, on a big old platter and let me enjoy, uh, let me indulge as a gluttonous little fat piggy that I am. And that's what this show is, because you got the great technical stuff. We got the U.S. title being revived, and the two men competing for it are Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. You also got the world's greatest tag team defending the titles against Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. The main event, triple threat, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar versus Big Show. You got that great in-ring products, but then you've got the McMahons have matches. Both Vince and Stephanie have separate matches. Zach Gowan's here. We got a barroom brawl. We got uh, Undertaker versus John Cena, which is low-key one of my favorite Cena matches. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of good, even like the stuff that sounds weird that I just laid out. Like it's, we talk about it in the episode, but overall, re-watching this show for the first time in a while, I thought it definitely held up. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about, but there's also a lot of other stuff to talk about, but we'll get into it. Um, but it was a fun old time. Been looking, I mean, this is SmackDown 03 for me. It just, it just doesn't miss. It's just a hoot to talk about. It's a hoot to watch. And who is joining me to talk about it? Well, none other than Brett from the A Work in Progress podcast returning to the show. Always a good old jolly time with my man, Brent Uffin. Uh, go check out Brent's and the A Work in Progress podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube, Twitch, all that stuff. They do live streams. They do retro stuff. They do current stuff. They do a series where they're rewatching a lot of stuff uh, from the late 90s and the Monday Night Wars. They do even older, like golden era type stuff, which I've been honored to... Uh, <laughs> partake in some watch alongs on uh, a work in progress. Uh, we watched a few matches from like WrestleMania nine, I think WrestleMania three, some old shit, some old shit that I've never watched and uh, stay tuned. Might be doing that again. So give them a follow. So you know when that happens and check out their archive of stuff, just like my show. You'll like the old stuff. You'll enjoy what all a W I P does. They don't take wrestling too seriously, which is uh it's a hot commodity nowadays to find people like that. So go check them out. All of their socials and YouTubes and all that shit will be in the description below. Uh, at Apron Bump, if you want to follow me, apronbump.com. If you want to, I don't know, anything. Episodes, videos, social medias, shirts. I'll send you a bottle with my farts in it, I guess. I don't know, just fill out. Send me a message. I, I could probably do that for you. Um, yeah, do that. If you like Ruthless Aggression, you like this era of wrestling, early 2000s, Attitude, Ruthless, Daddy does it all. Starting from Royal Rumble 2001, I've covered every show up until this point, up until Vengeance 2003. Just go to apronbump.com, go to the Episodes tab, and you can narrow it down to whatever, uh, whatever timeline, whatever, whatever era you're interested in. You can go to Attitude Era, you can go Ruthless Aggression. That link will also be in the description below. Binge away. I cover all this stuff chronologically in addition to the other timelines that I cover. So I don't know why I just got all sexy, but maybe I, I kind of like this getting really close to the mic. It's as if I'm standing behind you just talking 
into your ear, letting my breath caress the hairs of your neck. Oh, where's my hand going? I don't know. <laughs> oh, suck me dry. Well, anyways, let's get into the program. WWE Vengeance 2003 with myself and Brent from A Work in Progress. I think I got it now. There's that luscious voice. There we go. Now we're cooking with gas. There she blows. There it is. I've heard that before, but in different context. Oh, like what context? <sighs> I didn't expect you to say that. I expect you to just keep <laughs> it rolling, but you know. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Is that a new steel cage right there? Or has that always been there? No, so I since the last time I talked to you, I did get this. Yeah. I'm not That's usually nice. like Obviously, as you can see behind me, I'm not usually an open stuff kind of guy, but I had to open this blue steel cage and set it up because it's too good to not to. You can't get a cage and keep it in the box. Yeah, that's, I, that's, that's kind of what I figured. I, I, I like I usually don't buy rings. I usually buy the figure. So this is like the first ring I've bought. And since I bought a ring for my kid to play with when he was young, but he's like 19 right. now. Um, so this is my first one. So I had to put it together. Dude, it's crazy how, like, you can get any... Like, when I was a kid, they didn't have that shit. They had, like... I think they had the ring. They didn't have these, like, cages. At least not to that scale, at least. It's fucking... Yeah, no, when I was a kid... They had it maybe when I was a kid, but the role of the rich kids had shit like that. We didn't have right. it. Right. Yeah. They got the, the Titantrons that play the music, and... Okay, I might have had did. that, but that's when I was, like, 14, which is kind of sad that I still did that when I was 14, but I did Right. <laughs> no, that, that, as I was saying, I was like, you know, I think I did. There was like the figures that had like sensors on them. I think, yeah, like a metal you thing could... at the bottom, and you would stick it on the thing, and yeah, then it would go yeah. around, and then play. It's yeah. a core Ed memory. Edges, you think you know me? Theme, you think you know me? You think you know me? You think yeah, you know that me? That's a good one. <laughs> one of my favorite themes of all time. You think you know me? Top three themes go. Okay, are we like? Am I being serious? Or am I just fucking around here? No, you're being 100% serious. Okay, so number one, my favorite wrestling theme of all time is probably um, Batista's. Oh, Batista's. Uh, yeah, the saliva I version. Yeah. No, not the saliva version. Oh, so is this original one? Okay, then it is the saliva version. I'm sorry. Yeah. The original one's not. Did as you good. not know that was saliva? Wait, no, wait. I it is saliva, I think, right? I think you well, might. Be. You would know better than me at this point. That's just a really good song to scream. I want you know, um, edges is really good. I like edges theme. Um, so that's probably my number two. And then, um, so the old undisputed era theme or Adam Cole's theme. That was really good too. I like that one. Interesting. It's yeah. a pretty eclectic, uh, eclectic selection there. I don't and of know course the red movie. rooster just on the outside, the red roosters. Theme. How does that one go? <laughs> so like that, I think. Dude, that era where like music was just like the occupation, like the background noise, like Diesel would just be a truck, yeah, truck driving. Isaac Yankum would just be a drill, like the no music, just like, the hog farmers were like literally like <laughs> pigs, <laughs> like pigs, Dude. and then someone calling the pigs, come on now. <laughs> T.L. Hopper, uh, the goon, it is just. Uh... I have a goon action figure. Actually, they didn't make a T.L. Hopper, not yet, at least. Oh, is that true? I don't yeah. know why I said that. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be. Um, he actually came back with the Godwins later. I'm like watching 1997. We do like a review show, and he came back with the Godwins as Uncle Cletus. Oh, Uncle Cletus Godwin. The more you know. 
I li- I'm from Nebraska, of course. As people who know, are you? I couldn't tell. Um, and so hog farmers are always over with me, pal. <laughs> Were there any uh, hog farmers or hog farmer adjacent? I guess Jamie Noble's kind of close. Oh God, Jamie Noble! Wow, that guy. That's probably the closest you got. Uh, unfortunately, to being uh, yeah, there wasn't even any hog you. farmers in the fucking bar brawl match, so. <laughs> Which you think that'd be uh, well, that's debatable, I guess. But we'll get it had everything it, but... but hog farmers. That's for goddamn sure. Well, there's a lot of hog on this show, let me tell you. But uh, those hogs have vengeance. But speaking of which, vengeance 2003. What'd you think of the show, man? Uh, it was a mixed bag. It had some really good wrestling mixed in with some really weird shit. <laughs> but mostly, yeah. it was pretty good. Dude, I I loved SmackDown in this era. Were you watching live at this time? So, no, I was like 19 years old at this point, and I was busy getting into bad things. And so I really wasn't watching wrestling at all. Smashing puss. None, probably. Wishing I was. Tipping cows. I forgot you're in Tipping cows, throwing the stuff off a bridge, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Shit like that. Of course. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, this is like... I took a break from wrestling in like 2002, and this was like when I was getting back into it. So I have very fond memories of this shit. This was one of my favorite pay per views of all time. Um, just low, I, like SmackDown. Like it was a mixed bag, but like even the bad stuff was pretty entertaining. At least I thought so. Um, but also a lot of great wrestling. Like for 2003 WWE, you're not gonna get a better wrestling show, I don't think, than this one. Well, if you um, look at the SmackDown roster at that time with Eddie Guerrero, Chris yeah. Benoit, Edge, and they had so much talent, of course it was fucking a great show to watch. I'm sure it was. Yeah. And even like the soap opera type bullshit, like I thought was pretty good for what it was. But I mean, I guess we'll get into it. But um, yeah, Vengeance, we started off, we're starting it off hot with uh, the revival of the United States Championship, so they're bringing this title back. It never really was an official WWE title, but so I guess it's the inaugural one. But there was a tournament to uh, crown the first champion, and we got the finals here. We got Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. And I mean, I've been covering these guys in like various timelines, yeah. and I say the same thing every time. The chemistry is just—I don't know if any two guys ever had more chemistry with each other. Um, so it's to no shock that this was a great match, but um, I don't know. What were, what were your takeaways from this opener? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, if you looked at your card and said, what, who do you want to start a pay-per-view that would, this is a great fucking matchup to start with Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. I mean, yeah. like you said it doesn't matter if you're watching ECW, WCW or early 2000s. WWE. These guys are going to put on a clank every single time. And they did it here. Yeah. And, the uh, I guess the caveat here is that Eddie, so they're they tried turning Eddie Guerrero heel by having him turn on his partner to But man, does nobody want to boo Eddie Guerrero? I mean, as a character, I would say this is arguably his peak because we're really getting into the lie, cheat and steal thing here. Um, really leaning into it. Just debuted the low rider like a few weeks before this. So we're like all in it with Eddie as a character. He's got. His license plates is for the haters with a Z, which I thought was pretty fun. Um, how on earth could you not like that guy? Like how, what about that? Should I boo? I don't understand. <laughs> like he comes out with hydraulics on his car. Like 
who's going to boo that to your point? In 2003, yeah. that was fucking really cool in 2003. It was in all the <laughs> music videos, all the rappers were doing oh, it. Dude. Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So My well, Ride. How could he ever be? Like, you better take the low rider away and the cool music or people are not going to boo him. It's not going to work. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just, he's just the most likable. They, they tried building up to this match. You know, uh, Eddie he sprayed wax like the wax you spray on the car to shine it up he sprayed it in benoit's eyes but ultimately people just love both these guys really i mean we're kind of revving up for the benoit push here going into wrestlemania 20 and then we all know how wrestlemania 20 ends so to see this like kind of at the beginning of that ramp is pretty interesting yeah um but yeah like the, I don't know. These guys are just so good because even like the methodical, like slow paced chain wrestling in the beginning, it's like it's it's slow, but it built in a way to where like Benoit just threw one chop and the crowd popped huge. So like it's just like masterful stuff by both these guys. But it's like a crowd in the palm of their hands kind of situation. I mean, they did like a test of strength at the beginning of the match, which usually a test of strength isn't exactly entertaining, but that was probably yeah. the most entertaining test of strength I've ever seen. So right, I mean, they can make a test your strength look like look entertaining. So you can really do anything at that point. Yeah, because they're just like there's intent behind everything these guys do. So it's they're not just like doing it to do it. Like they're they're probably in there like hey, let's see who's stronger. Fuck it. Yeah, um, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they talked to. They, I'm sure they talked about it right before they. Did. <laughs> um. Yeah, like a ton of like there was like three or four different like superplexes or like Frankenstein'ers. It just felt like every five minutes there was one. Um, probably even more so than that. Uh, but ultimately, Eddie goes for the frog splash. It misses. Benoit hits a power bomb and locks in the crossface. Several crossface attempts. Uh, but Eddie keeps getting to the ropes. Eventually, we're you know, we're still leaning into the lie, cheat, and steal thing with Eddie. So Eddie, the ref gets knocked down at some point. Eddie grabs the U.S. title, smashes Benoit in the head with it. Frog splash, but only gets a two count. And then we got Eddie's uh, what is Eddie smashes the ref with the belt because he's going to do the whole possum thing that like is synonymous with Eddie at this point. But right. it was like one of the first times he did it, but he just knocks out the ref. So the ref can't get up to disqualify anybody or whatever the hell. So, yeah, I really don't. He really think that one through or did he? Well, it's a learning process. Yeah, you're right. right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they don't right. teach you that in wrestling school. I don't think <laughs> no. how hard to hit the referee <laughs> when he's down with the belt. Yeah. So so you have to hit him just enough. But if you right. hit him much, then it's not right. You know what I mean? He got him right on the spine, I think, which is a little you got to go a little left or right. Probably. That's right. But he'll get there. He'll, he'll get figure. there. But amongst all of this, the finish comes when Rhino comes out who uh, at this point, him and Benoit had been teaming for a while. They've been teamed at WrestleMania. Rhino comes out and it looks like he's going to gore Eddie Guerrero, but Swerve, bro, gives the old Gorski to Benoit. Eddie hits the frog splash, capitalizing on this and gets the win. And we got a new U.S. champion and old Eduardo Guerrero, so... Guess we're we're building a little Rhino and Benoit action, and Eddie's the champion. So, all's well that ends well, I guess. I was pretty happy with this. I mean, if you were gonna bring a new, you know, mid card championship into the company, I think Guerrero's a damn good person to put it on. That first person to put it on. So yeah, yeah, smart smart decision. It was a great match. I mean, like I said, if you're gonna open a pay per view, open it with these two guys. Why not? Can't go wrong. But um, 
boy, the wrestling. So you had that great wrestling, and then it cuts to Vince McMahon backstage, which, boy, howdy, is there a lot of stuff that's hard to watch on this show with the uh, recent news. It is, uh, I mean, it's always been rough to watch, but it was just amplified. I mean, with a lot of different stuff on the, not even just like the Vince directly stuff, but just like other stuff. Yeah. Um, including the next match, but, uh, <laughs> but Vince, Vince is backstage. Both Vince and his daughter, Stephanie have matches tonight. Vince is backstage. He's sitting by a big thing of roses, uh, a gargantuan bouquet of roses. I would say, um, Stephanie and Vince, they've been at odds on SmackDown leading up to this because Vince has been banging Sable and Steph doesn't like Sable and it's a whole thing. Um, also, by the way, on Raw, Kane just tombstone Linda McMahon on the stage and Vince doesn't really care and Steph's pretty mad about that because why wouldn't you be? Uh, you can't trust that, Kane. I wouldn't vote for him. He's fucking tombstone old <laughs> ladies on stages. I'm just saying he's up to no good. I would not vote for him. Bro, whoever is like going against Kane in these elect elections, like you have all of this footage to just be like. <laughs> Has anyone ever heard of Katie Vick? I want to ask my constituents. <laughs> Do you know Katie Vick? <laughs> in the footage. Look, look at him. Look, look at what he's doing to her. Can you believe this? She's in pieces. She's melting. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's going on over there. It's a lot of turmoil in the McMahon family which again very topical um but and then Vince is like oh these flowers they're not for you these are for sable but i got you these and it's like three daffodils and a whatever the hell so yeah i don't know what the <laughs> they look like he i don't know you look like he ran him over with his car <laughs> where are they again denver yeah i don't think there's a lot of good flora in denver I Wait, could be what wrong, month though. was this? I never even looked up when the month was. So that's month, it was summer, I think, like June, oh, July. Okay, so there's probably some flowers in bloom up there in Denver. Mm, see, my head, Denver is just like the peak of Mount Everest. Because it's, it's up there, so it's all snow, right? You've never been to Denver? I've not been to Denver, no. Have you? I have been to Denver, but not in like many years. My uncle used to live up there when I was very young. Well, he lived in Boulder, which is just outside of Denver. And it gets uh, nice there, but it gets cold, too. Like, if you went there now, you're not going to find any fucking flowers. Right. No flowers McGee over there. Nope. Um, but Jamie Noble wants to take Tori Wilson's flower in this next match. Uh, she has no more flowers. No. We got an indecent proposal match. <laughs> Jamie Noble versus Billy Gunn, accompanied by Tori Wilson. And you may be asking, well, what's an indecent proposal match? Well, if Jamie wins, he gets to fuck Tori Wilson on SmackDown. With his penis, so, uh, or whatever is in this box that he's bringing out. Yeah. Did you, oh did you get a good look at this little Halliburton of toys that he had when I he opened it? I didn't get to get a good look at it, no. But when he comes out, like, I got all my toys and sex oil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a very fine line between Jamie Noble and Jim Cornette. I'm realizing with the impression. Yeah. I went a little over the line there, but it was something. No, I like that. it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of questionable items in there. I don't know. Uh, seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of logistics. What's, a lot of what's in your weird case, Kyle? Um, a banana. Yeah, because yeah. I need something. You know, <laughs> something's gotta touch it. You know, absolutely. Um, I get it. I don't know if banana would be 
you got to make sure it's ripe enough. You don't want a squishy. Uh, no, that would that's a that's a, even more of a messy situation than you'd already have. Yeah, you know? I mean, at that point, I might as well just use my blasted penis. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of which, so by the way, Tori, uh, is she's kind of fresh off of Playboy. So Jamie, I guess, found a copy of it and was like, "Ooh, would like me some of that." Uh, so. Yeah, wouldn't which wouldn't we all in two thousand three, pal? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boy, there's just so many layers to this because also Jamie Noble's uh, aunt's—I forget what her fucking name is. I think it was his aunt or great aunt. Uh, he had a death in the family, so he he stumbled upon some money. It was like a weirdly specific. It was like eight hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars. <laughs> and uh, him and his girlfriend Nydia—they went to Applebee's. They celebrated. Oh God, and, Applebee's! Uh, that's first-class cuisine there. They're two for twenty, pal. Give me, give me some anti-tizers. Mm. Ooh, pal, let's go. Oh, boy. Uh, but Jamie's like, look, I'll pay you money to, f- to have intercourse with you. $10,000. And he kept up and he, he was he was going to offer $100,000 to uh, make make the coitus with Tori Wilson. Uh, and my question to you is how much money would it take for you to have sex with Jamie Noble? Mm, 50 bucks, probably. <laughs> that was very quick. That was disturbingly quick. And uh, I mean, if out of respect for Jamie Noble, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah, that, oh, that's the only reason. If it was anybody else, it'd be more. But since it's Jamie Noble, 50 bucks. Right. You, you only do that with cruiserweight champions. Former cruiserweight champions is, is kind of what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, but only WWE cruiserweight champions, not the WCW ones. Oh, so uh, so di- oh, so what? Hoovitude, I guess, would be out. Nope. Yep. No, Hoovy. Sorry, Hoovy. Yeah, he's way more shame. Than, I don't even with all he's been through. He's got something. So I'd probably more than 50 bucks. A lot more. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, boy, it's just how many webs. So Billy and Jamie Noble, they had a match on SmackDown leading up to this. And Billy like squashed him basically with ease. So and Jamie's like, I want a rematch. And Tori grabs the mic and she's because she's very confident in her Billy, who I guess are dating at this point. Uh, Tori's like, hey, if you beat Billy at Vengeance, I'll sleep with you. So this is all Tori's doing, really. This is, this is all her fault, I guess. Just real quick here, Tori, you've got this all wrong. You've been, he, you, he's also got to put something up. You don't just put that on the line for nothing. You got to say, well, if he wins and you got to go away forever or something. Right. Tori Wilson's just out here trying to pass out the nookie for no reason. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, why, why would she agree to that? That the the big head on this Tory Wilson. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Billy gets to have sex with Nydia if Billy wins. I mean, if I was Billy Gunn, I would at least try to throw out something. I want something yeah. out of this. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna give know. it all and get nothing back. Also, you know, come on. Maybe maybe he maybe he earns the box of toys. You know, I mean, that's gotta be a. That. You hadn't thought of that. You know what? Maybe they should have put the box of toys on a pole on the one who got it down. <laughs> that Tory. That would have been good, I think. <laughs> I'm I'm not 100% sure that's not a match that's happened before. Oh, it has to have. It has to. Have. Yeah. In TNA or WCW somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, had to have. Um, so that's kind of the story here. Nydia's upset at this cuz her boyfriend is trying to have sex with another woman. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is there, but I guess she has a problem with that. I what a weirdo, right? <laughs> right. Kind of what a prude. <laughs> Um, but before we get into the match, I have has Billy Gunn always had that belly button tattoo? Did you notice that? 
like around his belly button? It was like a rose. Like his belly button was the the, the head of the flower. And then it was like a at the I don't know what flower parts are. It was like the stem of the rose yeah, went yeah, down yeah. to his uh, happy trail. Huh? I guess I, I didn't am. notice that, but I wish I would have. Review the tape. It's a good I, one. I'm going to good one. I'm going to have to go back. Not for anything I'm, else. Just that sweet, sweet <laughs> Billy Gun belly button. It was funny when my, when he comes down and announces that he's got his case full of sex toys. I was watching this with my wife in the room, and she goes, "I don't know what year you're watching, but I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my wife was pretty much on the same boat. It was very uh, <laughs> very rough, but uh, the match had, there's wrestling here somewhere. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> the match starts. Uh, Billy has control in the beginning part, and then. Uh, Nydia saunters out there because she didn't come out with Jamie Noble in the beginning because they're arguing, I guess. Uh, Nydia has her old, her fancy fur jacket because of all this money that they've come upon. And uh, she just saunters out there. At some point, Billy hurts his knee. I think he like caught Jamie Noble or something and it just buckled, I think. Or maybe he jumped off the apron or something along those lines. He just yeah, he accidentally hurt his knee. Um, so Noble's able to like take advantage of that attacks the leg. It's a second rope DDT at some point, which looked pretty gnarly. Uh, but Nydia, so Noble hits that goes for the pin. Nydia puts Billy Gunn's foot on the ropes to break it up. And Noble's like, what you doing, baby? What's the what's your, what's your problem, baby? That's all I got for Noble. Um, it's pretty good. It's not. <laughs> So no, Noble and Nydia are arguing on the outside. Tori comes around confronts noble and noble forces himself upon her and then she slaps him again aging very badly but uh that happens and then among amongst all this scuffle noble finds himself back in the ring and is able to roll up billy gunn out of nowhere and gets the win and gets tory's vagina i guess so i guess i guess so that's so now now they're gonna have uh intimate Intimate coitus on SmackDown. So Did everybody thought that uh, Edge and Lita's live sex celebration was the first one, but I guess maybe it won't be. That's a good point. That's a, I, I don't think Noble and Tori was in the ring, if I remember correctly. I think it was like, if I remember, I think on SmackDown, they like went on a date to uh, a restaurant and then went to a hotel or something. I, I forget exactly how it goes about, but. I'm pretty sure I know like the end game to this. But some no, I'm you never. Maybe I don't know it. I know somebody ends up going blind, but I I don't know how they go blind. But I know somebody ends up going blind. So I know Nydia goes blind. Yeah, eventually because she gets the black mist from Tajiri. Black mist is not a euphemism, folks. That's it was literally black mist to the eye. Yeah, and uh, but I forget how we get there. That was the, okay. We, so that has nothing to do with this. Okay. I mean, it probably leads there because, I mean, you got the tension between Noble and Nydia. I'm sure that plays in at some point. Yeah, so. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. We'll just have to tune into UPN or whatever the hell. And uh, wow, UPN. Think about that. They used to be on UPN. But I guess NXT is going to be on CW coming up, which is I think it's what UPN used to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch. Watch you some Martin and then watch. Follow it up with Smackdown. Martin. You know? Martin. Sorry. Was that the theme song? It kind of, yeah. <laughs> were you a, were you a Martin guy? I watched it when I was younger. Yes, <laughs> I wouldn't go back and watch it now, but I watched it when I was younger. All right. Um. Well, after that, the ridiculousness doesn't end. We got an APA Invitational Barroom Brawl, which is exactly what it says. 
How many guys in this match can you name without looking at any notes or anything? Okay, the Bashams were out there. Uh-huh. Fucking Spanky, aka Brian Kendrick, was on top of the bar. Sure was. Um, obviously APA was there. Brother Love was out there. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking Tajiri. I'm uh, not Tajiri. Uh, Funaki was out there. WWE's number one announcer. Of course. Um, Sean O'Hare, who had some weird spider gimmick. That was very weird. Oh yeah. Um, Matt Hardy, Shannon Moore. Version uh, one. Can you tell me? They said Shaniqua was with the Bashams, but I didn't see Shaniqua. Who the fuck is Shaniqua? You don't know who Shaniqua is? <laughs> no. Well, I know a girl named Shaniqua, but she didn't wrestle. Well, she did, <laughs> but never mind. So it was, uh, she won Tough Enough, I think the second season. Lisa Gales, I think her name was. Oh. She's, she's a tall Africa, African-American woman. Uh, Shaniqua, of course. I mean, you could probably guess. Uh, but she wore a lot of leather and was the dominatrix to the Bashams. Okay. I just thought it was so fun. With Shaniqua. There ain't no fucking Shaniqua out here. What are we talking in, about? In spirit. In spirit, she was <laughs> You're there. You're right. She, was, she whipped them before they came out of here, so they had her yeah. scars on their back. Now that really, because, dude, the Bashams who are kind of recently debuted here, they would come out, they would both lean up against the ropes, bend over, and Shaniqua would take the whip and whip them both in the ass before their match. Wow. I wonder why they never reached higher heights. You know? <laughs> and they never were the greatest tag team ever. I'm shocked. They both fucking sucked. They both went singles, and that was the whole thing. Oh, yeah, they look like single stars. I never saw the Bashams wrestle, so I don't know. The only thing I know of them is WWE (laughs) SmackDown versus Raw 2006. And other than that, I don't know. I've been watching Velocity with uh, the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, Mm. and they both are like the same gimmick, which is like no gimmick. They're just like vaguely cocky. They wear sunglasses. Oh, Doug Basham calls himself the Bash Man. He like grows his hair out. It's the Bash Man. Holy cow. Sounds like a bad guy in a Mario game. (laughs) <laughs> the bash man i'm the bash man he should have had his part, billy guts yeah i'm a bash man <laughs> that should have been the song it would have been better <laughs> um anybody else come to mind from this match i think i think that was uh, the sean o'hare was the one that was like i was like what the fuck is he doing that was his gimmick was so weird but other than that i don't think i anymore yeah well we got uh conquistador uno and conquistador dos uh, who are the guys that got smashed with the stool by Brother Love at the beginning? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, they were just an enhancement talent uh, tag team. One guy was Rob Conway, and the other one was Johnny Jeter, who was in the Spirit Squad, if you're familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we also had the FBI out there. I don't know if you said them. With, you know, Chuck Palumbo, Nunzio, Johnny Stamboli. Uh, Doink the Clown, of course, is out there. How did I miss that one? How did I forget Doink? What's wrong with me? I wonder who you was doing some ass during this time. That's a good question. Because he came out in his entrance, but I don't remember really seeing him <laughs> throughout the match outside of that. It's like, no, it was like, like he just came, he just came out for the entrance and left. <laughs> he might have like, oh, fuck this shit. What am I? Some sort no, of clown. Like, oh, I'm in rehab right now, so I can't <laughs> even drink. I need to just leave. Uh, Chris Canyon's here, of course. We got uh, Orlando Jordan, the Brooklyn Brawler. Matt Capitelli, John Morrison is here. Uh, and the Easter Bunny. Oh, yeah, for the fucking, yeah, of course. 
the Easter Bunny, who is not Adam Rose either, just the Easter Bunny. No, he's being portrayed by Damien Sandow. Little fun fact: he's under that Easter Bunny outfit. So, couple, couple Easter. Wait a minute, couple Easter eggs in this match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, this is like a guilty pleasure match for me. It's like not good, but I loved it. I don't know. What do you think of this whole debacle? I mean, I host a podcast that is basically just taking the piss out of bad wrestling. And so, yes, this was right up my alley, too. It was just a bunch of fucking nonsense. Guys busting each other with beer bottles and beer mugs, throwing <laughs> each other around. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was like a good blend of comedy, but also like true brutality in some spots. In this match, like I think Nunzio at some point goes flying off the bar into the shelves and everything's just like, by the way, to set the scene, it's like a bar set up next to the stage and there's a bar and like the backdrop with like the liquor bottles or whatever the hell. And there's tables and stools and pool cues and it's just a bunch of guys fighting. It's a free for all. And to quote Bradshaw, the last man drinking wins. So whoever the last guy is on his feet, I guess, wins. Um, any any like all that Nebraska Saturday night? Yeah, I mean it's right up your alley, I'm sure. <laughs> but no hogs in this match. To your point, which is interesting, this, yeah. I think this is very hog friendly. But um, yeah, I don't, any any particular like moments in here stick out to you? Um, I don't know, I, not really. <laughs> I was like, it was just, just a lot. It's a cluster. Yeah, so I know Bradshaw killed the Easter Bunny. I remember that. Uh, Matt Hardy chugged a couple of beers and did a leg drop off the bar, which didn't break the table that he tried to break on. So then he got up and did like a splash or something. So it actually would break. Yeah, Yeah. it was a disaster, but a wonderful, funny disaster. Yeah, I mean, Sean O'Hare thinks he's in Roadhouse, I think, because he took the pool cue and smashed it over somebody. So it was like in two pieces. And then he's like, Swinging them like nunchucks and then doing backflips over the bar. And he was he was having a good old time out there. Um, he was in his bro- own brother love for whatever reason. I feel like he was like the most dominant guy in this match, because like I said, he took out both conquistadors with one swing of a stool. He uh, smashed somebody with a I think he smashed O'Hare in the back of the head with a vase. Like yeah, a glass he, took vase. Out. Yep. he threw Shannon Moore into a mirror and shoved him right through the thing. And uh, he was like the last guy standing before uh, Bradshaw took him out, was smashing him with a beer bottle or something. Yeah. Uh, Funaki's there. Funaki's very passive in this. He's just drinking. He's just having a good old time. But eventually he passes out due to uh, inebriation. That's and uh, it, it do be like that sometimes. Me after the Royal Rumble last weekend, if you know what I mean. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Beers, dudes, just guys being dudes, you know, guys being dudes. That's right. Sweating, smelling like body odor. It's just what we do. It is. <laughs> it is. Hey, why did Ron Simmons not win this match? Because him and Bradshaw were the last two standing, but then they awarded it to Bradshaw, which I thought was bullshit. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. And then I thought Bradshaw looked kind of pissed about it. I mean, uh, not Bradshaw, but a fruit looked kind of pissed about it, too, because he was like, or maybe I would be. they destroyed the bar, or I don't know. He's like, well, well damn, I wanted some Jack Daniels. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was it. But he did look upset. I didn't understand why they came to that conclusion either, because I'm like, Farouk looks fine. He didn't take out Farouk. How come APA aren't the winners together jointly? Uh, I guess. I mean, did Farouk just f- get knocked down at some point during the match and 
that took him out of the running, perhaps? I don't Maybe. know. We got we got to consult the rule book. Apparently, in the in the acolytes, whatever thing, you can't get knocked down and get up again. This is not the Chumbawamba barroom <laughs> no, brawl. After not all, up so. in here, God damn it! Not up Mm-mm. in here. Mm-mm. Well, Jamie Noble's masturbating a Playboy up next. Thoughts? Who hasn't? I don't think I have. Never. I think I missed the magazine phase. Uh, you might have. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You probably did. Um, like just barely, I think. Like I in the, I was in the era where like you would go to the bathroom at your great like your grandpa would have a friend and y'all would go over to his house and you would go up you would go use his bathroom and he would have Playboys in there. So I'm like right ten years old looking at a play. Not saying I was doing it at ten, but I was looking at him when I was ten. Yeah, and that was I right mean, in the era when like when they were all being in Playboy, and plus I was a disgusting teenager at the same time. Mm. I was like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen around that time. So, right. What was the other one? That was a little more uh, crude. It wasn't Maxim. It was like Penthouse, Hustler. maybe Penthouse, maybe Hustler. Hustler's the one you're thinking. Hustler. Of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta do a deep dive eventually, just <laughs> for for journalism, you know, so I can keep up with uh, the story. Another, another podcast. I, re- I do it for the article. <laughs> um. So yeah, Nobles has to play boy. There's a guy backstage just minding his own business, and Nobles like, "Hey, come here, boy. Let me tell you what I'm gonna do to Tori Wilson." And, uh, yeah, I can do whatever I want to her, which I guess that was in the contract of this match. So it must have. She needs to get uh, a lawyer to look over these things before she signs up for such uh, debaucherous. <laughs> I mean, it's ver- it only a verbal agreement. I don't know. You, can that hold up in a court of law? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I wish so. you would have just started like naming a place. So you wanted to take her on a date first. Like, well, I want to take her miniature golfing and then we're going to go to the Applebee's. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. They might go to Applebee's on SmackDown. I'm not sure if they don't. I mean, Jamie Noble probably loves Applebee's to this day. Well, who doesn't? You know what I'm saying? I haven't been to Applebee's in a long, long time, honestly. Yeah, I find myself more of a Chili's guy nowadays than Applebee's. See, we only have one Chili's in this town. I live in Nebraska, and we don't have a lot of... Yeah, I mean, we mm. do, but probably not as many as we live in Chicago or something. And it's all the way on the other side of town, so I ain't fixing to do that. There's a Mexican restaurant just up the street. That's usually where I go. Mm, shout out. Yes. Shout out. Uh, speaking of Mexicans, we got <laughs> we got, we got one Mexican in this match. We got Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman are going after the tag team titles and they're challenging the champions, the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Who doggy? Who doggy? I thought uh, I thought this was a hoot. I mean, especially after the nonsense before this. I mean, this is a, uh, a refreshing match. I to me, probably one of the better matches of uh, Charlie and Shelton's career this one but uh i don't know what do you think of this feller i dis. i am i mean i don't disagree i don't know why i said this i agree with what you said i mean this was a really really good tag team match it was, when i saw the participants in it i was like oh good thank god because oh, yeah. now the nonsense is finally going to end um that that um shooting star press that like a top rope shooting star press through from like the middle rope. He didn't do it from the top rope. He did it from like the middle rope to the outside by Billy Kidman. Yeah. Really freaking impressive, especially in WCW. He was like a thinner guy. So he's really put on some muscle mass going through hard right. and chicken breasts and to still be able to have that sort of uh, agility was really, really impressive. And I always liked the world's greatest tag team. I thought they were, I thought they were really good in the ring. They obviously don't have a lot of, you know, uh, charisma or mic skills, but I always thought mm-hmm. they were really good in the ring. So, um, yeah, very fun tag team match. 
Yeah, and they are, are freshly broken up from Kurt Angle. So I think this is their first pay-per-view match as the world's greatest tag team. Uh, or it might be the second one. I don't know. But uh, yeah, to your point, their, uh, their whole mystique was pretty much based on their wrestling. Not a ton of character beyond that once, once the Team Angle thing ended. But I, mean, I, thought, I thought the work spoke for itself. I thought all four of these guys... I mean, I just loved it. It felt like sometimes tag team matches in WWE can be a little formulaic at some times, but this one, it felt like there were several points where Billy and Ray could have won. There are a lot of really good false finishes. I mean, there's one point where they do, um, which is, I think, what they did in WCW a lot, where Billy would throw Ray up to the top rope and he would hit the Rana off the top. And uh, they went for the pin and it was a very close near fall and the crowd thought it was three and they're chanting bullshit. So the crowd super sucked in. Um, yeah, the shooting star press to the outside was amazing. Just like right out the gate too, like in the early parts of this match. But ultimately, uh, the world's greatest tag team, they got Ray or Shelton or Charlie's got Ray on his shoulders, spins him around Shelton springboard like a doomsday device ish type of move, but into a power bomb. And that gives WGTT the win. So yeah, just a really, it's like fluid, just a fun match from start to finish. It was, it was awesome. I just, it's funny that you, you had WGTT in your notes too, because I wrote that too. WGTT world's greatest. What, what, what do you think of that name? I don't think it's great. I mean, I think that's something that like you and your friend, when you do trampoline wrestling, when you're in the third grade, you're like, we're going to be the world's greatest tag team. Yay. Like (laughs) you can definitely come up with something better than that. It was, yeah, I don't know what, because when they broke up from Kurt Angle, obviously they couldn't be team angle. Although that would be funny if they just kept team angle and just kept doing the thing. (laughs) Like fuck Kurt Angle. Um, They, what their original name. It was like they were calling them this. It was like the best tag team period or something, which uh, is I, I think I vaguely remember this. Yes. Which I think world's greatest tag team is probably better than that. But I don't know. It's not. It's, not it, a, it's, it's a it's a step in the right direction, but not a major step. It's a, it's a tiny step in the right direction. Oh, no. What, what name would you throw at them? Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Fuck. Um, Fuck. I don't think that's marketable. You can put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> you couldn't put that on a T-shirt. Um. That's hard. It's a hard question. I think this is the problem they ran into. They were like, oh, well, what are they? They're good wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, well, singlets. Um, uh, yeah, they, they wrestled in college. All right. How about the college wrestlers? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, the varsity club. No, we've used that already. Um, mm, American Ebony Alpha. And Ivory. Oh, be later. Yeah, I got nothing. That, that, that would have been American Alpha if they would have jumped on this before Jordan and Gable did. Yeah, that would work. I would fucking uh, go back in time now. That's what I'd pitch. <laughs> you live, you learn, I guess. Um, but boy, howdy! Now we got some true wrestling on our hands. We got a no count out cat fight. We got Sable versus Stephanie McMahon. Uh, refresh me. What what are the rules of a cat fight again? I ironically it has nothing to do with cats. I know you were probably upset really. By that. I know you love cats, and I thought you probably thought there were cats surrounding the ring or something. Yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. When you found out there weren't any cats, you were probably really upset. So, so. like a kennel from hell situation, but with cats. But with cats, <laughs> yeah, a cat. Fr- I think it'd be more <laughs> dangerous because if you ask me, cats are way more lethal than. Right. 
because you never know. Cats like they'll act like they want to be your friend, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I got scars all over my body from these cats. I, I'm with I, you. I, I fucking believe like Cactus Jack. You look from your cats, so that would be very dangerous. Cactus um, Jack. That's something. Have you? There you go. Your next cat. You've got a that's, name. There we go. Passing out gimmicks for free. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's usually it said no disqualifications, no count out. But at one point, Steph got a chair and she tried to use said chair, and the referee said no. So clearly, there might be some disqualifications or count out. So that referee is just an asshole. I'm not sure. Probably, probably was it no disqualification? I think because my notes say just no count out, but I could be wrong. I swore they said no disqualification. Maybe I just assume because you don't usually hear a match that's no count out, but not no DQ. But also like cat fight. Is it just assumed that it's no disqualification? I mean, there's just so many questions. We need to write to these guys and figure out, figure it out. Yeah. I, maybe if we Wikipedia cat fight and see where that gets us, probably. Not. Right. I, you know, and I'm not Googling cat fight either because I don't want to know where that's going to go. No, no. I'll probably go to this match. Honestly, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, Sable's got cats in her music, so to me, feels like she has the advantage here. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. She's got cats in music. It's a cat fight. Yeah, it seems like she's tailor made for this. But, Writes uh, itself. So, <laughs> I feel like Stephanie McMahon matches are always like better than you think. Probably because there's so much work that goes into because it's Stephanie McMahon. I'm sure she has the best resources to like make sure that this match is good like she had a like a pretty good match with trish a couple years before this and this match i thought was fine like for a cat fight like yeah. i thought like they both kind of looked like wrestlers which i know is like weird to say that but it's like oh you got a cat fight with two women in 2003 it's obviously it's gonna be skirts and heels and thongs but no sables out here with kick pads stephanie has some some knee pads and boots and some wrestling attire i mean I thought it was a fun, pretty intense match, even though it's a lot of just like choking and scratching, but it's a cat fight. So it's as advertised. So I, I didn't hate this as much as I thought I would. Yeah, I definitely went in with some serious eye rolling, but yeah, I came away with it being way more entertaining than I ever thought it would be. Um, it was, it's just so weird that they would have this on a pay-per-view like Steffi McMahon versus Sable. It's like yeah. one of those things of the attitude era where people think everything was so great, but then you go back and watch it and you're like, I don't know. Right. Some of this is kind of like iffy, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I, if you went back and compared that to like any other matches they were probably having, you know, in 2003, you know, to, in that mm -hmm. era, because they weren't doing really good women's wrestling at that point, this would be considered a really good women's match because it, while it was a cat fight, it had some good wrestling and it, it didn't. It wasn't just them pulling hair rolling around the ring, which is exactly right. what you thought it was going to be going into it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for SmackDown because with the women's championships on Raw. And honestly, the Raw women's division is sneaky, like pretty good. They just don't get a lot of spotlight or time because Gail Kim's the champion now. Yeah. Trish is over there. Molly, Victoria, Jazz. So they got a good crop of women over there, actually. But SmackDown, it's just a lot of Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie and Nydia just over and over again so yeah when i say like that i don't mean like the talent that they had because they had to yeah of course. Do it. they just never gave it a chance ever for sure yeah um but sable's top gets ripped off <laughs> that being said of course of course um and brian hebner i believe who was the ref uh takes his shirt off and gives it to sable which i guess i guess um sure you go on brian and uh as he's not hebner, dead for brian hebner pal he learned it from his daddy earl did Earl ever take a shirt off? 
Uh, one, I, hmm, probably not in the ring. I think Triple H took it off one time when he was beating him up. I hope so. I hope we gotta, so too. We got to Google that and see what pops up. <laughs> shirtless Earl Hebner. Um, Can we get shirtless Dave and Earl together? Ooh, that's... Yeah. There we we go. can figure something out. There's a calendar, I'm sure, with all the Hebners. <laughs> if there's not, they should. Or remember, remember the Valentines? They should have Earl Dave as their Valentines. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's gotta right. exist. Hot, hot seller. <laughs> well, there's probably not a Valentine for a train, or maybe there is. I don't know. Who am I to say? Lord, he's Tensai, here, perhaps. Tensai, perhaps. He seems the more uh, yeah, sultry of the gimmicks. Very sultry. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, I mean Prince Albert's just too on the nose. I think. Wasn't he like Big T too when he was like dancing with Brodus Clay? Sweet tea. Sweet tea. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. He came from Japan back to WWE to be a badass. And he had him dancing called Sweet Tea. He's beating <laughs> John Cena on Raw in the main event. And then a few months later, he's I got a fucking fedora and he's doing the worm or whatever the hell. Sweet tea. Well, he's the head trainer next. He's, he's, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, we could we could do a whole podcast on Matt Bloom. <laughs> it was great. Um, but a train is here. As uh, the ref is tending to Sable and her big old tits who are that are exposed, who are exposed, that are exposed. Uh, a train comes out and runs over Stephanie as a train does. Uh, just like a running. I don't even know what you would call it. It's just a, a splash, a chest bump, perhaps a, a vicious chest bump. Yeah. Not like one you would do with your friend celebrating a touch. No, no. Yeah, this is very. Uh, no, but uh, knocks out Stephanie. Sable makes the pin and gets the win. So I guess a train is aligned with Vince or Sable or something along those lines. I forget exactly how this pans out, but I guess he's got himself a new, uh, new monster. Vince does and Sable wins. And so do the fans, I guess you got the saw her knockers, huh? Well, I mean, if you got the playboy, you got to see him already. So yeah, that's a good point. Actually, it's old. <laughs> it's old hat at this it's, point, right? It's old news at this point. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, Jamie Noble's not chasing around Sable, is he? <laughs> nope. Ads, you know, you make a good point. I mean, Tori, Tori and Sable had a bikini contest at the last pay-per-view. I think forget who won. I think Tori won. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm, I distinctly remember them having a, they're in a tag team match. I think they're teaming together at WrestleMania 20 in like an evening gown match. Tori Wilson mm. and Sable. Perhaps. I only remember Stacy Keebler being on the other side because I'll remember anything that Stacy Keebler does. Yeah. 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 You're not <laughs> wrong there. Well, do you remember anything John Cena or, or Undertaker does? Because they're Some, here. Sometimes I can't see him, but yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, you, you can't miss this fucking bright blue Indiana jersey and the headband and all that get up from old Johnny boy here. Do you know uh, what jersey that was? Larry Bird, right? You got it. Indiana State. It's Larry Bird. You're right. I, I only knew it because of the last name. And I assume he's the only bird that's relevant. I mean, there basketball. might have been a whole list of birds that went to Indiana State basketball, but I couldn't name you any other player that ever played at Indiana State besides no. Larry Bird. No. I mean, see, Bird's my last name as well, but it's with a Y. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people see BYRD and they're like, oh, like Larry Bird. And I'm like, no. 
No asshole. No mother. Do I look like I can shoot jumpers, motherfucker? No. <laughs> well, does Larry Bird look like he can shoot jumpers? To be fair, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you know you get it. I like to watch those YouTube videos where people are like, Larry Bird can't play, and then they watch the video and they're like, Oh wait, Larry Bird. Can <laughs> <get it." laughs> well, we got a couple hoopers in this match: John Cena versus The Undertaker. Uh, so Cena, we're right at the, at the beginning of his explosion i would say this is like i would say this is probably his breakout match would you agree disagree so yeah, i wasn't really watching around this time but when you right, when yeah. you look at like the build up to it and the video that they showed and then the way the match built i would have to definitely agree there was like a turning in the crowd too that you could kind of get sense as the match went on yeah for sure and i think cena's starting to gain a bit of a cult following because his raps like he's super entertaining he, he did a little rap before uh the match i don't know do you remember any lines from this rap oh god i wish i could but i don't well my favorite was time to take out evil keep him resting in pieces i may eat you alive dog they'll find your bones in my feces <laughs> oh just like that <laughs> he deserved all of them yes yes good. um so that was good. And then Undertaker takes, uh, of course, he's not happy about this rap. So he comes out on his bike. But uh, I don't know if you see. I didn't realize this when I first watched this show, like back when this was happening. But apparently his bike stalls out at the top uh, of the ramp. So that's why he doesn't ride it to the ring. But I thought he played it because he like rides it to the stage and then just kind of like looks menacingly with his arms crossed at Cena in the ring. I thought it came off like, oh, I'm just going to make you think about it, bitch. Uh, but yeah, apparently his bike just said that doesn't work for me, brother. Interesting. I, I, I kind of thought for a second, like, why is he just sitting there? But then, yeah, he definitely made it look like it was just what was supposed to happen. He played it off. I mean, Undertaker walked through fire one time and then just got in the ring like it was like, like nothing just happened. Like he didn't just fucking get engulfed in flames. Right. So with whatever happens. Yeah. Well, he made it through that. Walked to the ring and then they had a. Uh, I mean, this is probably for me top five John Cena matches of all time, and this is probably his biggest. It's definitely his biggest one to date. Although he did face Brock Lesnar at Backlash this year, um, but I think this match. I mean, he, he came off like a threat at a lot of points. I mean, he hit Undertaker in the ribs with his chain, and Undertaker started bleeding out of the mouth due to internal injuries, which I don't, I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. Internal bleeding. Well, first of all, probably because that's bullshit, because if you were internally bleeding, you wouldn't come up out of your mouth. So that's why <laughs> you think that's why they don't do that anymore. Cause it's stupid <laughs> yeah, because it's dumb. Yeah. That's what I go with. I guess they do learn, but um, at the time, man, I was all into it and uh, it's attacking the ribs of, Big evil here, blood coming out of his mouth. So, like I said, Cena comes off like a threat in this match, and uh, there was a couple points at the end that felt like Cena could have won this thing. But I don't know what you think of this one. I thought it was. I thought it was building that. I thought Cena was going. I thought he was going to obviously win by some sort of underhanded means. Um, but I, I built. It was really it built really really well. I thought it was. Uh, it started off slow. It sort of picked up at the end. There was one point where at the early in the match where he take he slapped Taker and and Michael Cole yeah. called it a bitch slap, which I thought was funny because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to hearing Adam Cole. I mean Adam 
Michael Cole <laughs> call Bye Yeah, I'm not used to hearing Michael Cole say bitch slap, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Cena really took it to the Undertaker. Like you said, he was bleeding from the mouth. Um, there, there was one point where the Undertaker, it looked so like early on, it looked like the Undertaker was just going to squash him because he came out and just took control of him. He yeah. gave him a choke slam. He tried to pin him, but then he pulled him up. And then he, uh, he would look like he was going to hit the last ride, but then Cena, you know, uh, countered out of it and they hit big DDT. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a really good match. I Like you said, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would put it in my top five. I might have to watch it more. Um, I'm a big John Cena guy, so um, mm-hmm. I have lots of John Cena matches that I really, really like. But this was a great match, and it really showed, uh, you know, kind of what John Cena would become later on, you know. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the slap because I was watching this. I've seen this match before, but I forgot that happened. So when he did that, I was like, oh, shit, he did not just slap the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Undertaker, like right out the gate, it's all of his signature moves and decides not to pin him because he wants to uh, continue the punishment. But ends up uh, backfiring a little bit. Cena hits him with a DDT and then kind of takes control for a little bit. And eventually he hits the FU onto Taker, but only for a two count. And uh, eventually, though, Cena has Taker in the corner, goes for the punches in the corner, the 10 punches. But uh, he stops to taunt to the crowd and the Undertaker counters with a last ride and gets the win. So Undertaker wins, but Cena looks great in defeat. This is like the best representation of you don't have to go over to get over. So um, I think Cena has a baby face pretty soon ish after this because he's just so entertaining and he's a fresh face at this point, which is just funny to think of Cena as a fresh face, but uh, he is here and you know, WrestleMania upcoming is when he wins the U S title against the big show. So it's crazy when you go back and watch like the sort of crowd reactions that he would get when they finally turn him full baby face, he would get like amazing crowd reactions. And then, you know, soon, soon later he would get very mixed crowd reactions. Right. Yeah. What a uh, what a roller coaster, that old Jonathan Cena. Yeah, still still kind of going at it today. A I little guess. bit, a little bit. I out of all we, this this show had three really good matches thus far, but I think that this one was my favorite one, probably because it had a lot mm. to, a lot to do with it being John Cena, and I'm a big John Cena mark. But just the story told during the match and everything built around it, I thought it was really really good. So my favorite match on the show was probably this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so from what I remember, like before I watched this show the other night i was like yeah that's my favorite show of the night but i think there might be the main event might take it over but i don't know we'll talk about it uh but before then we got old zach gowan versus vince mcmahon which is just a funny thing to read as a thing as a match that happened on a pay-per-view but (laughs) yeah it happens Uh, do you remember so we're fresh off of mr america which i don't know do you, I guess you weren't watching at the time, so you didn't live through Mr. America, uh, who was definitely was not Hulk Hogan, right? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, it was not Hulk Hogan. I meant no, to say, been. um, this is very funny because like there is Mr. America and Vince are feuding. Zach joins the thing as like a side character, kind of. And then Hogan, I guess they didn't come to terms on a contract or whatever. So they got to cut the Mr. America thing short in the middle of it. And now we just got Zach Gowan here Hmm. pretty much jumping into the position of the main protagonist here, I guess. Hopping in, sort of. Is it because he has one leg? Yeah, he couldn't really jump yet. It was like a... Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but oh, I mean, that, like, he has one fucking leg. If you can't get sympathy with one leg, I don't know what you're doing. And uh, you're facing Vince McMahon, who is still just a uh, hateable person, even in 2003. Yeah. He's uh, wet and veiny, and he's banging Sable backstage, and he's shoving his daughter. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Yeah, who knows what's going on? Good Lord. At this point, anything could be happening. Yeah, I mean, some of the things Vince is saying about Zach Gowan, like in the build of this, he's like, you're just a freak. Like, and then Zach, he goes more into a story about he had bone cancer in his legs. That's why they had to amputate it. And he had to earn a contract and he beat the big show to earn a contract with the help of Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. So now we're here and Vince is like, why is this one legged idiot? getting the better of me so now they're having a match and uh again it's like this shouldn't have been good at all but like for what it was i mean zach gowan showing out with one leg doing the moonsaults the asai moonsaults to the outside the leg drops all the stuff he was doing on one leg and then vince being the shithead that he is it was easy to boo him so again similar to this <laughs> similar to the cat fight I didn't hate this as much as I thought I was going to. What do you think? So it's weird because you don't usually or you wouldn't think that McMahon's are going to have good matches when you look at it on paper. But then usually yeah. when they get in there, whatever they do have is usually pretty fucking entertaining. And mm-hmm. um, yes, it was a very entertaining match. I, I, I never watched that Gowan wrestle. So to watch a one legged man and do, you know, fucking moonsaults and all this shit was pretty freaking impressive. So, I mean, yeah. Not the best match in the entire world, but very entertaining. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Vince just attacks the one leg. So Zach can't do anything. Um, at one point, he like kicks Zach's leg from help from under him. And he does like a backflip. It was like, Jesus, this is brutal. Um, but Zach is able to fight back. Does an o- up and over in the corner and then drop kicks him. Nut shots him on the post. Zach does to Vince, flying bulldog, missile drop kicks, moonsaults. There's a couple points where Zach almost beat Vince, but uh, at some point, Vince goes outside, grabs a chair, and Zach drop kicks the chair into Vince's face and squirting blood right away. I mean, oh, I guess he got cut with the chair because I don't know when he would have bladed, but I was trying to keep an eye out for that. But I mean, there was just so much blood from Vince. And uh, Zach goes for the moonsault to follow that up. But Vince gets out of the way. Zach hits the mat. Vince pins him and gets the win. So Vince McMahon wins. But Zach gets a standing ovation at the end. So I I guess it served the purpose of another case of, you know, getting over despite losing. And Vince is still a top heel, unfortunately. But. It is what it is, but yeah, again, it was it was entertaining for what it was. You know, this kind of soap opera stuff within the good wrestling on the show. I thought it worked. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it told a good story behind it, but like you said, they just had to insert this one-legged kid into this program that was supposed to involve Hulk Hogan. And, right. and then, I mean, you take you take chicken salad and you make chicken you make you take chicken shit and make chicken salad out of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it it was it was very entertaining. Yeah, big shoes to fill, and you can only fill one of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, he has one leg, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So we're at the main event. 
three guys with uh, all two legs, six legs in this match. There is. WWE Championship on the line. Well, I mean, there's a big show in there. There's probably seven. You know what I mean? Eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait. Sorry. You know, I've said this before. A big show doesn't strike me with a guy struck me as a guy with a big penis. No. What about no, I mean, it? it's probably like big, like in relation to us, but like in proportion to him. I don't think it's OK. You're probably you know what? Now I look at him, too. You're probably right. Now I think about it. I hadn't thought about it before until right now, because, you know, the big show's package is usually on my mind. But uh. <laughs> well, now you won't be able to not think about it. So, you're well, right. I'll know. God damn it. I won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, so Brock's the champion. He uh, defended against Kurt at WrestleMania. Both guys obviously came out of that match with injuries. Kurt had to get neck surgery. And uh, Kurt just recently came back. Um, and I guess him and Brock became friends while Kurt was rehabbing. So Kurt and Brock are friends at this point. Big Show is the big bad monster. I would say this is probably peak Big Show. Especially like in WWE, because he just felt like a monster. Um, he felt like a credible like a year ago. He was a jobber damn near. And now he's, you know, in the main event and it feels like a guy that could. I mean, at this point, he's the only guy that's pinned Brock Lesnar, at least till the end of this match. So right. Big Show feels like a threat and Brock and Kurt are ganging up on him. But Big Show's doing like double suplexes to both of them and. I thought this match was great. I mean, it was a sprint of a match. It was like nonstop, but I thought it was pretty intense. And I mean, all guys involved, I thought their strengths were uh, highlighted. And uh, I was it was craziness. I don't know what you think about this one. I mean, I'm with you. There was action all over the place. I mean, they were. Yeah, there was trash can lids. There was F5 through tables. There was. Everything that you would want a triple threat match to have, um, it was in it. My my usual big gripe about triple threat matches is it's a lot of two guys wrestling in the ring with one guy mm. on the outside of the ring. And while there was a good amount of that in this match, I didn't think it was overly done. I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping all three guys involved um, by the entire match going. And I agree with what you said about the big show looking more credible because in the entire time I watched the big show in WWE, there really wasn't a time where I felt he was credible, but the way mm-hmm. that they were presenting him in this match, uh, in the, in the videos before it. And in this, he actually did feel like he might actually win the championship. And I, I mean, there was no way that I actually thought Kurt was going to win. I figured it was either going to be a big yeah. show because they somehow cancel each other. Cause him and Brock somehow cancel each other out or Brock would be retaining. So I was really shocked at the ending of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it was I thought, you know, because at some point they took out Big Show by what did they do? I think it was an angle slam through the announce table. Yeah, and yeah, I think it was. That took him out for a bit. So that allowed Kurt and Brock to go at it. And whenever that happens, it's always it's always magic when that happens. I mean, there's some crazy ass suplexes. At one point, Kurt throws Brock and he goes like fucking 10 feet in the air and does a backflip. And um. Also, at some point, Brock does a, a running power bomb to Big Show, which was nuts. I mean, even though Big Show was, you know, on the second rope doing the mounted punches, but Brock picked him up and ran halfway across the ring and power bombed him, which was he was on one in the show. Brock was. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the F5 to Big Show is never not impressive. And it's one to Kurt as well. A lot of finishing moves towards the end here. Um, 
at some point, Kurt hits Brock with one of the gnarliest chair shots, by the way, I've ever seen. Maybe second to Jeff Hardy's chair shot to Brock. But uh, that Brock Lesnar, he's taking a few chair shots in his day, I would say. Yeah, he's definitely got a hard head, I'm sure. Um, Kurt and then Brock locks in a like a Taz mission at some point to Kurt. But Big Show comes back in, hits a leg drop, hits them both with a double choke slam. But uh, Brock's able to hit show with a low blow. Kurt Angle hits the angle slam to Big Show. Then the angle slam to Brock Lesnar back to back. And then he pins Brock Lesnar for the one, two, three. And Kurt Angle is the new champion. And I'm, I'm with you. I did not expect Kurt to win this um, just because like it feels like they're all in on Brock Lesnar. And Big Show is just a great heel of a dominant force, a giant, if you will. Right. So, and Kurt Angle is just kind of one in the middle. So, but it was uh, refreshing to be surprised at something like this. And uh, pinning Brock, like I said, I mean, Big Show's the only guy before this that has pinned Brock Lesnar. So that was a big deal. But I think that just, uh, I guess we're just stoking the flame because I know Kurt and Brock, I think they have a SummerSlam match after this. So. Just continuing that feud between the two. So I guess that was a good way to do that. But yeah, I was surprised at how good this match was. I thought um, I said, yeah, I might give it to Cena and Taker as match of the night. But there's like three or four matches you could throw as match of the night, which is a good sign. It was a well-paced show because like you said, and I think that like so proper base stuff does have a place in wrestling. It just doesn't need to be overdone. And yeah. While it's hard to look at Vince on the TV and not fucking cringe at anything he says because it used to be gross, but now right. it's even grosser. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was well done within the show, and you, you placed enough really good wrestling in the middle of all of it that it was mm-hmm. um, really well paced. And, yeah, a really great pay-per-view. It made me want to go back and watch SmackDown, not just only to see if you know Jamie Noble can consummate this thing or not, but for other reasons. <laughs> SmackDown 2003, you're not going to go wrong. It's uh, one of the best years of SmackDown, in my opinion. O2 was really good, too. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, like you said, the crop of guys they got on the roster. I mean, this show is I mean, this show pretty much had all the heavy hitters at this time. So and this. Yeah, like you said, the, the, the show is paced well because you have the good wrestling. You have like your hardcore stuff. You have tag team stuff. You have women. You have men. You got soap opera. You got storylines. You got new faces. Just a little bit of everything. And that's kind of what makes the show good, in my opinion. This is when like Paul Heyman was running it, correct? Uh, that's a good question. I think if it's not, it's like right before. Yeah, it felt like a because I don't know. There's like a feel like I remember even might you know, like earlier whenever it was that Paul Heyman was running raw in like 2017 or something. His shows have like a certain feel to it. And this felt like a, a Paul Heyman show. Uh, and that's definitely not a bad thing. It's like I said, it was a really right, great yeah. show. Yeah, because I know he becomes the general like the on screen general manager like pretty soon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you, you might be right, though. You might be right. He, he might be the head writer. He might not. But it, it just felt like a Heyman based show. Can't go wrong with that. But yeah, man, that's vengeance. Oh, three. Any other nuggets on this one? Anything uh, that we glossed over? Maybe. No, I, I think we got it all. We talked about Jamie, Jamie Noble sex case, and that's all we really needed to cover. I mean, that's the headline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cena, Taker, yeah. Kurt. That's nonsense. Great. Jamie Noble wins sex with Tori Wilson and other wrestling occurs. That's the headline. 
Yeah, that that should have been the name of the pay per view. <laughs> I mean, that's that would have earned my dollars. Uh, but I was ten years old, so I don't think my parents would have bought it. No, probably, probably no, not. probably not. That's like the I used to watch wrestling with my kids when they were younger, and I always think back to like when I watched it when I was you know fourteen. It's like I would never let my kids watch it <laughs> if it was like that. I would never ever. Yeah, there was some uh, some rough parts of it, but I mean, look, they're they're improving. I mean, it's always a work in progress. But speaking of which, but speaking of which. Appreciate you hopping on once again, checking out some wrestling and talking about it. Where can everybody find you and your beautiful face and your beautiful co-host's face and all that stuff? So check us, check us out on YouTube. Mostly it's YouTube at, at AWI Pod Wrestling. Um, we do like 97 review. We watch uh, we watch like bad wrestling too. We watch, Currently we're watching WCW Uncensored 2000. Oh mm. boy. <laughs> what, what is... Uh, what are some- what are like matches from that card? So we got uh, Hulk Hogan's taking on Ric Flair in a Yappa Pia Strat match. Uh, God. I don't know what that is either. What is a Yappa Pia Strat? <laughs> I don't know. We this week we watched the Demonic Wiggle. Are you familiar with the Demonic Wiggle? Is this Norman Smiley, but demonic? It's the Norman Smiley and the Kiss and the Demon. Demon. Yeah, the Demon this time, and they take on. I don't know. It's like Lenny Lane and the guy who used to hold the sign in the fucking uh, the the Raven slot, but I can't remember their fucking names. They look like idiots. They those the, they face off. We've got the Wall taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. Three Count has a, uh, a hardcore championship match against uh, Brian Knobs and a gauntlet match against the three members of Three Count. It's a whole lot of fun, pal. Sounds like it. So you're yeah. you're watching it so people don't have to. I watch it. Talk about it. I basically watch <laughs> it just to take the piss out of it. Is what we do. We just watch it just to make fun of it. Is what Ugh. we do. Um, so check that out. And yeah, but if you get on YouTube, you'll see everything we got. Everything's on there. Um, I'm on Instagram and on Threads at AWI Pod. I just got a Threads. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know if I understand Threads yet. But I'm trying to become a threader. It's. I, I understand. I get it. Um, it is a little bit harder to get into it. Um, I really don't talk a whole lot of wrestling on there. I mostly talk about soccer, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm a big QPR fan, so I understand. What's 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 QPR? Queens Park Rangers. Oh, this fucking guy. No, I uh, I picked them in FIFA, like in early college. Oh yeah, yeah. like as a joke. So, oh, Queens Park. That's a funny name. And now I'm like. Now, this is my team. I have a jersey and everything. So what what co- what country is that? England. It's it's like the secondary, not not the uh, not, not the Premier, the Premier League, League or whatever uh, whatever is under that. Yeah. Yeah. So my but the guy I do a podcast with Glenn. Um, he's obviously a British gentleman, and he's a big Arsenal fan. And I I like I I casually watch soccer, like U.S. soccer or whatever. You know when they when they play in the World Cup. But I since yeah. become a huge like Premier League fan, and I basically watch anything. I've been watching the Asia Cup. I know you're part Asian. You should you should check out the Asia Cup. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, that's all the things I like, right? I didn't know there was an Asia Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because they got a lot of Middle Eastern teams, like Iran is in. Mm, they've got like Iran and Syria, and uh, but it's actually been some. It's different than Premier League, not quite to the quality, right. but it's interesting. It's very interesting. You got Paramount Plus. It's on there, pal. Check it out. It's kind of. Is it surprising that Asians aren't good at soccer? Because you know they do all the kicking and stuff with the karate, etc. It so. is, but like you need height. You know, you right, but if they're all short, 
but not all of them are short. They're all tall. They're all yeah. tall. Yeah. So I, I, you know, they, the, the, like the Asian teams did better in the recent world cup, like uh, Korea, South Korea did pretty well and Japan did pretty well. So I think it's getting better over there. Well, we'll, we'll keep a tabs on the situation. Maybe we'll do <laughs> yeah. an Asia cup uh, retrospective up next. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our soccer Sorry, podcast. We're going to start that next week. It's going to be fun. What's the name of it? Um, kicking balls with Kyle and Brent. There we go. This fucking guy kicking balls. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Brent from A Work in Progress for joining me on this lovely, lovely walk down memory memory rain. It's my Asian Tourette's coming out. Memory lane. Talk Inventions 03. Go give my boy Brent a follow on Threads, TikTok, Chatterbait, Omegle, um, Tout, all that stuff. Check out A Work in Progress wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as live on YouTube and Twitch. It's always a good old time talking some old school wrestling and some current wrestling as well. Um, Do that. Follow me, I guess. You know what? Don't follow me. I'm gonna try. This. I'm gonna try this. Uh, what do you call it? Opposite. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Mind game. Not mind games. That's an upcoming episode, but that's not the word. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology is the phrase. Glad we figured that out. I don't know what we would have done had I not googled that, but. Yeah, well, speaking of reverse psychology, I'm about to uh, reverse out of here and leave ya. You know, like the SpongeBob gif. Um, that's about all Daddy has for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you stopping by. Stopping by? What the fuck? Love my Mister Rogers. You're just coming over my house. No, you like turned on the thing and then listened to me. Um. I mean, if you're still listening at this point, I think I judge you more than anything. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, join the Discord. Let me make sure I plug this uh, at the last half percent of the podcast. Join the join the Discord. I don't even know how to pronounce the word. It's in the middle of the afternoon, and I I'm a sleepy sleepy boy. But hey, guess what? Guess what? I'm hard.